Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. back to the call up your go-to podcast on the future stars of major league baseball as always i'm your host arm layton i'm one of the co-founders of JustBaseball.com, as well as a prospect writer and analyst and in today's episode we have a really really good interview for you today you may have heard of him before number two overall pick in the 2021 MLB draft and the top prospect in the Texas Rangers organization. Yeah, that's Jack Leiter joining us on the show. Really excited for you to hear that interview. Jack is an awesome dude. He has every reason in the world to not be humble, but is one of the more humble guys that you will meet in professional baseball, whether it's at the big league level or at the minor league level, at least by my account, by all of the players I have met, one of the most humble dudes you will meet out there, extremely talented, but you don't need me to tell you that, and also just really smart on the mound too. Some of that credit goes to his father, Al Leiter, big league pitcher for nearly two decades and was extremely successful, obviously, and had a big part in shaping Jack as a pitcher mentally and, of course, physically as well as he continues to just get better and better. We will get to that interview in a second. Real quick, also wanted to give a little bit of info on the player to be named later that was finally named in that Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez deal between the Reds and the Mariners. I saw Reds fans very eager for a while to see Who would be that player to be named later? Reports were that it should be a pretty solid piece, and it was. It is a very solid piece. A good pitching prospect, Connor Phillips, who was ranked number nine in our top 10 prospects for the Seattle Mariners, but probably would be way higher in any other system. The Mariners are our number one, number one system 
in baseball. So for Connor Phillips to be nine in that farm system for us at just baseball, it puts into perspective that is still a really good prospect. He will probably be in the seven, eight range for the Reds because now the Reds have a pretty loaded system as well. Uh, but this is a good pickup. Connor Phillips, lively fastball. The shape isn't phenomenal, but high spin, good stuff. And he has a lot of potential to turn that into a comfortably plus pitch, but it's above average already. Curveball is nasty, high spin, good bite to it and good depth to it. So he's that guy that I think the Reds really like high spin. They call him Spincinati for a reason. Even with Kylo Bodie out, he is still kind of fits that profile of what they look for. And just another electric arm added to the fold here for the Reds, who have now stockpiled a ton, a ton of very exciting pitching. And Connor Phillips is another good addition. Needs to develop the changeup a little bit. It's below average. The slider has some signs of life as well. But he could feasibly have two-plus pitches and two average or above-average pitches if he continues to develop. The command is a big sticking point as well. But he has shown some really good flashes. He had some lights-out outings I saw last year, including one where he went six innings and punched out 13. So he has some special ability. Keep an eye out on Connor Phillips, and that's another nice pickup in that trade return. Makes it a little bit better. It already was a pretty good trade. It looks a little bit better now for the Cincinnati Reds. Without further delay, here is the interview with one of the best pitching prospects in baseball, Jack Leiter. And here he is, a Jack Leiter pitching prospect in the Texas Rangers organization, number two overall pick in this past MLB draft. Jack, thank you for joining me from spring training out there in Arizona. Thank you for having me. So how has it been, man? I mean, last time I saw you, you know, you were getting ready. We didn't know when spring training was going to happen. We didn't know what was going to be going on. And blink of an eye, now all of a sudden the lockout, everything's taken care of and you're pitching against big league hitters. Uh, how, how has that whirlwind been for you? And uh, just, I guess, give me a little bit of a lowdown of, of what spring training has been like for you, this first little pro experience. Yeah, I mean, it's been awesome. Um, obviously, this being my first spring training, I didn't really know what a normal spring training with big leaguers was. So coming in, I came in early, about a month before the minor league spring training started, early January. And... Um, it was all just minor league guys, mostly pitchers, and we would just come in, get our work in, and um, it was pretty quick days. So that was really nice. And then once spring training started, it got a little more hectic, but it's been it's been pretty awesome. And now I think um, I speak for everyone when I say that we're excited to get going. Yeah, and, and you're waiting to kind of find out where exactly you'll start, whether it's high A or double A, but. I'm sure you're just, like you said, eager to get started. How have you been feeling on the mound in terms of getting ready? Because something I keep hearing from pitchers at all different levels, whether it's big league guys, minor league guys, it's a little bit different, even though you haven't had the spring training experience of just getting acclimated and getting ready to go and get stretched out. How do you think you're going to approach that once you get into your first minor league stint in terms of how deep you can go into your first few starts? Yeah. Um, I mean, body wise, it's feeling, it's feeling really good so far. And, um, obviously pro ball, it's different than college college. You kind of ramp up quick and, you know, by the third week, you're kind of full go ready to go deep into games. And, um, you know, hopefully as someone who, um, really enjoyed going deep into games in college, hopefully that we can get to that point, you know, as soon as possible, whatever's a smooth transition. Um, but as of now, 
I threw three innings last week and then hoping to go four this week and, you know, maybe four or five opening weekend and then kind of work your way up from there. And I want to talk at the end a little bit about you talk about stretching out that no hitter at Vanderbilt, just because I want to get a little bit into the head of a pitcher as you, as you start to go down the, down the line there. And, and you're a guy that's very lower half driven. So I want to hear a little bit about how you pitch through fatigue and all those things, but keeping it a little bit more on what's happening right now. Uh, you got your first experience with the Rangers Jersey across your chest. Can you talk about balancing that with working on what you want to work on as if you're in a bullpen, right. And, and trying to get your stuff ready uh, how, how did you balance that adrenaline with also just trying to get yourself ready to go for the season? Yeah. I mean, I've always heard about it. Obviously my dad played and talking to people who also pitched um, there's this weird kind of limbo in spring training of, you know, you want to compete, you want to uh, get guys out and get results, but at the same time you need to work on some stuff. So I think that kind of, you know, comes first, which is a weird, a weird transition again from college because college it's always compete mode and here a lot of it's based on development. So, um, you know, you reach, you reach your certain goals. You have your, you have your small daily goals. I want to throw this many change-ups. I want my slider to do this. And, and you work on that while, while working and obviously competing and hoping to get results. So let's talk about the stuff. I mean, everybody knows that you've got great stuff and the fastball has been up to 99, the slider, when you located it so far, you've had some crazy bad swings that I've seen some hitters take at that slider. What's been your focus in terms of your arsenal uh, and what you've been trying to develop or just continue to get a feel for as you get ready for the year? Yeah, that's most of it um, is getting a feel for everything. Uh, every, every, Every season since I started pitching, you know, in high school, um, the beginning of the seasons is just getting comfortable in your body, feeling in sync again, you know, figuring out what um, what the spin feels like out of your hand for breaking balls. You know, what's too much, what's too little, um, not getting too quick and rotational. There's just some some certain things that kind of fall into place as the season gets going. But you obviously try to speed that process up and get there before the season starts. So it's sort of just working, working through all those things. But, you know, there's specific things in terms of shape and metrics, but mostly the focus for me has always been change up and that's continued to get more and more comfortable. Um, you know, just a better feel for that and a more consistent shape with it. And then, you know, the slider, the slider at Vanderbilt, it was a little bit inconsistent, gave up a few home runs on that when it kind of just spun and hung up over the middle of the plate. So I'm trying to just eliminate those, those hanging sliders with again, a more consistent feel and a more consistent shape. Getting a little deeper into the mechanical side of things, What's the difference between some of the spinners versus the ones that you really are able to snap and, and get that desired break? A lot of it's how it comes out of your hand. Um, some of it might have to do with grip. I'm throwing with a different grip than I did at Vanderbilt. I'm kind of always tinkering with grips. Where's my thumb go? Should I go further up on the seam? Should I choke it, hold it loose? Um, so that's something that's kind of always evolving, but you kind of just get to a point where it comes off your fingers more consistently and your arm kind of comes through with the more consistent path, similar to your fastball. And, um, that's, I mean, the best you can do at um, creating the most consistent slider you can get, but obviously, you know, the hangers are going to happen and happens to the best. 
And going into the, you talk about being able to get stretched out a little bit. Ultimately, the goal is to be able to do that again and and continue to go deeper into ball games. Though I'm sure, as you see, uh, with so many different top pitching prospects, teams like to be very careful with the way that you know you eat those innings early on in your career. Uh, How do you balance that in terms of you want to get better at? being able to give different looks to hitters and, you know, first time around, second time around, third time around, but sometimes for pitchers early in the development process, they don't really get a chance to do that. You have a deep arsenal. Is that something that you're just going to maybe play around with a little bit more first time through the order? Are you going to stick to what works or are are there any kind of plans you have going into those first few starts of your professional career to, to work on those things? I would say it's similar to what it always is because is once you get out of spring training, that that whole development idea, obviously it's still present from the, you know, the front office down, but um, from your own focus, it kind of goes strictly into compete mode, trying to win baseball games. And um, obviously, again, as um, the made the broader focus, um, teams aren't as worried if their high team is winning on whatever it might be a Monday night, but that starting pitcher, I can, I can promise you, he wants to win the game. So that kind of becomes the main focus. And then the other stuff kind of falls into place. And so far in your uh, spring training experience, being with the big league guys, uh, is there been anybody that you've kind of just gravitated towards or that you've had a really cool moment? I mean, obviously you have your built-in father uh, who had a pretty decent big league career himself and uh, is, is as wise as they get on the baseball side. And I know he has uh, really taught you a lot through the years, but sometimes it's, it's different when it's somebody else, right? Like, have you had anybody that you've interacted with uh, so far in spring training that has uh, been beneficial to you or just a moment where it's like, oh, wow, like it's that guy right there. Yeah. I mean, it's just been really cool to have those guys around. Like I said, the first part of spring training this year, they weren't around. So that's kind of what I became used to. And then now those guys are walking around. We're a little bit separated in in terms of locker rooms and the fields that we're using, but um, getting to be around some of those guys, I know some of the older guys that they've recently brought on, you know, Matt Moore and then Martin Perez, they, they talked to some of the younger pitchers one day and we kind of just listened and they obviously have a ton of wisdom and knowledge, especially in pitching, but kind of just in the whole professional baseball lifestyle as as a whole. And then, you know, guys like Dane Dunning and I mean, the list kind of goes on. Everybody's been super nice. And going back now to Vanderbilt, something that's always stood out to me with you is, is how well you use your entire body with your mechanics and, and how you're able to go deep into starts and be able to sustain that VLO. And I know that's something that you, you've always kind of prided yourself on and making sure you have that entire, all of your mechanics kind of working well and repeating them as every pitcher tries to focus on. Uh, specifically in that no hitter, I wanted to kind of get inside of your head. I went back and watched some of that. Uh, and down the stretch, just at what point one did you realize, hey, I'm throwing a no hitter against a ranked team? I know you're focused on winning the ball game. I know you're going to say that. But at what point did you realize that? And also, did, did you ever have that fatigue start to creep in at times late in starts? And how do you counteract that as a very low or half driven pitcher? Honestly, you know, competitiveness and adrenaline kind of powers you through the starts and then you have your normal soreness. A lot of times it's lower half. And then, you know, obviously it's a violent motion pitching and pitching as a whole. So you have your general soreness later on the day after um, sometimes two days after and going into that next week, but through that day, usually you're feeling pretty good. And um, it's kind of just like, 
the balance of getting super locked in before the game or, you know, being too laid back. So you kind of have to get to the right place. And then once game time comes, it's, it's compete mode and you're locked in. And for me, especially in those longer starts, it's the first time through the order, first two times, maybe through the order, you have the adrenaline, you're, you're feeling your body out, you know, you haven't thrown to hitters in a week. So thrown in front of fans with an umpire again, it's, it's just getting that feel for competing. And then, you know, you sit down in between your team's hitting and then you get back up and gets a little bit more comfortable. And then through that middle part of the game, particularly in that game, the fourth through the sixth, maybe um, you got kind of getting cruise control. Um, you know, you're, you're making pitches, trying not, you know, you're not trying to make too perfect of pitches. You're not thinking you're just in a flow and that's kind of where all pitchers try to get. And then, especially when, when a game's going like that, the seventh inning comes around, you're kind of smelling the end of the, you know, the finish line. Um, I think another adrenaline kick kind of comes in and that's sort of when um, the body starts moving quick again and everything, everything kind of ramps up to the next level. How'd you feel after that one? I was tired for sure. And the adrenaline, um, if I remember correctly, I couldn't eat for like four hours still after the game. I was just, I was all jacked up. <laughs> That's crazy. You'd think, I feel like conventional thought would be like, oh, you must be starving, like big meal after the game. I know something else that you usually do is is the cherry juice, right? Is that something that you still often do like after, after pitching for inflammation? Yeah, that's, that's something that the um, Vanderbilt nutritionists kind of had always for us. And then same with the Rangers. I think it's becoming more and more prevalent in just professional sports in general. That's in our um, weight room fridge. And it's just, uh, I actually have one right next to me, the, the tart, the tart cherry juices. And, you know, it's supposed to help with just sleep and overall muscle recovery. And my theory on that stuff is if it can't hurt and it might be able to help, I'm all for it. So, you know, just whatever it might be, if it can help, I'm going to do it. I think it's a great mentality. And, and what are, what are some of the essentials for you? Like you talk about routine. I know you're somebody that's definitely very structured with the way you do things. And that's why you've been so successful to this point. What are some of the Jack lighter essentials that you have to have in your routine uh, to feel like you're on track to continue to be successful? I mean, there's some, there's some warm up exercises that I, that I do. I have this whole, it's probably, um, especially on start day, I start my stuff, you know, two and a half hours before the game. And it kind of, it kind of starts with a casual warm up, mostly lower half and not trying to, you know, strain yourself, but sort of getting the body awake, um, awake and ready for game day. Your mind's kind of there all day. Um, I'm not somebody who's, um, you know, kind of like the same person he is on his not start day that he is on his start day. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who's locked in and I don't really have too much casual conversation, especially leading up to game time on start day. Um, and then as, as the start gets closer and closer, you kind of start to visualize what you want to do that day. I think visualization is huge and, and the mental side, that's something that my dad's always preached. So I would say a lot of it's mental. I was going to say that was going to be my next question. What are some of the things that your dad has really emphasized through the years that really still resonates with you on the mound today? I mean, he always likes to ask pitchers what, what a pitcher's job is. And over the years I've been around him when some, you know, he's always the same, you know, get outs, go deep in the games, win the game. But then my dad says, how, how do you get outs? And then, you know, they'll say, you know, you, you have to throw strikes. Well, you don't always have to throw strikes. He said, you know, certain hitters, guys who didn't have as good play discipline, he never threw strikes in the zone and they would chase it. So that's not really it. And he kind of worked it out. Um, when he got with Harvey Dorfman and 
kind of figured out the mental side when he was 28 years old, I think he figured out that in his mind, a pitcher's job is to be mentally and physically prepared to execute a quality pitch consecutively um, without letting distractions affect you until the manager takes the ball or the game's over. And that's been his, um, that's been his mantra, you know, word for word. And I've kind of just memorized it. And that's, that's sort of what I've taken on as my own is, you know, my job is just to make a good pitch. And then if I don't make a good pitch, now it's to make a good pitch. If I do make a good pitch, it's make another one. And you can tell when you're on the mound, you have that focus, you're very locked in and uh, that short memory as well. You talk about a couple of sliders that you miss and that ends up being a home run. The next picture locked back in and you're focused. One of the last questions I wanted to ask you is just, you're somebody that's really had that meteoric rise to so going turning into one of the best high school prospects that had the opportunity to either go to pro ball or go to Vanderbilt. You make the decision to go to Vanderbilt. It works out even better. And you go number two overall to the Texas Rangers. Uh, how has that experience been for you and how excited are you to be a Texas Ranger? Because I know that you really felt like you were wanted there. That was something you said to me. And uh, I feel like that's the most important thing for a young player. Yeah. I mean, what the Rangers are doing is, um, is really exciting, especially to be a part of the organization. But um, I mean, for the fan base and um, for Texas as a whole, it's, it's pretty awesome. And, you know, Chris Young, general manager, he did it. He was a pitcher in the big leagues, won a world series, kind of knows what it takes, does know what it takes. And that's really cool because kind of every move, every decision that he makes, you know, as, as a player in the organization, it's hard not to just be like, you know, that's, that's gotta be the right thing. This guy knows what he's doing. And, and um, there's a lot of trust um, and you can see it from the top down and everyone wants to win. So, you know, being a part of this organization, you know, right before, right before the good is a, uh, is a pretty cool thing, I would say. And how awesome was it to see that stadium now? And I, I know they gave you a little bit of a tour of it, get, get an idea of what you have to look forward to. I, I know you're going to climb the minor leagues quite quickly, but seeing that, that must have get you a little, little bit more of a fire under you. That's one of the top of my list. Uh, for those listening, Rangers fans maybe that haven't seen it, what do you have to say about the stadium to wrap up here? The stadium's amazing. And, um, you know, you kind of walk in and at first it's like, this is like too nice to be a baseball stadium, basically. Like once you walk in and then the field is kind of below where you walk in and this in the, um, from the outside. And it's, it's so cool. You know, I haven't seen it with the open, the open roof, but the closed roof is, is awesome. I can imagine it'd be the same when it's open. Um, hopefully, you know, some playoff games, um, late in the season, that would be pretty awesome with the packed house. Absolutely. Final question. What are you most excited for this season? And, you know, what would make it a successful year for you? I would definitely say I'm most excited to get in a, a team environment again, spring training is awesome, but it's kind of just one huge clubhouse and everyone's kind of just moving different ways. You know, you you're in different working groups and you don't really have any like specific teammates, I would say. So getting out there, that's in my opinion, the best part of the game is, is, you know, the, the memories that you make with your teammates on and off the field. It's, it's a, uh, it's a pretty awesome game. And um, that's what I'm most excited for. And in terms of goals, I don't like to keep it um, long-term. I like short-term goals. So for me, it's just focusing on what I can do to, you know, succeed in my, in my next start, whatever, whatever those goals might be. Um, it's, it's more, you know, short-term goals and then the long-term kind of takes care of itself. So I would say it's pretty simple stuff. 
Well, Jack Leiter, really excited to see you succeed this year. Uh, whether it's high A or double A, I know you'll be up in the upper minors very quickly, and I'm looking forward to going out to catch a start of yours this season. Can't wait to watch you throw in pro baseball, and uh, thank you so much for taking the time, my man. Thank you for having me. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.